0: Today we're reading Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, and this is the New King James Version of the podcast. This same reading is available in King James also. Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, we should give an introduction to the chronology of these two chapters. Matthew and Luke both cover the birth of Jesus, but from different perspectives. Luke reports on the shepherds, Matthew on the wise men. Luke reports on the circumcision of Jesus, Matthew on Herod's threat and the family's trip into Egypt. Luke gives us a glimpse of Jesus at 12 years old. Matthew concludes the early childhood account with their return from Egypt. So before we begin reading, let me give you the chronology of these events. First we have the birth of Jesus recorded in Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. Then the shepherds visit the baby Jesus in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. And then eight-day-old Jesus is taken to the temple in Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 38. Now we find that some time has passed, and the wise men seek Jesus. That's found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. And at that point, Joseph and Mary flee from Herod into Egypt. And then finally, we have the childhood of Jesus recorded by Luke in Luke chapter 2, verses 39 through 52. Now let's begin reading with Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Well, Nazareth of Galilee was inland from the Mediterranean Sea, about twenty miles in northern Israel. While Bethlehem is south of Nazareth, you'd have to go over some pretty tough terrain to get there that way. It would have been necessary to go west, south, and then back east in order to make the trip, about 82 miles on foot. I've included a map in the written notes of BibleTrack.org so that you can get an idea how this looks. So how many miles a day do you go with an expectant wife? Ten, maybe twelve? As you can see, it was a multi-day journey. It's not certain why Mary went with him. Of course, it was the providence of God. It may have been the fact that she was in her third trimester and he just needed to get her into an anonymous environment since they still were not married, according to verse 5. People in the hometown would have been well aware of that, but strangers in Bethlehem, well, they wouldn't have known. So what about an end of December birth? Christians around the world celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. While there's nothing in scripture to pinpoint that exact date, a December birth is quite unlikely. There was no annual celebration of Christmas in the first three centuries of church history. It became an issue in the 4th and 5th centuries. The choosing of December 25th for this celebration is not based upon historical facts, as one might assume. It was finally declared to be so by the Roman Catholic Church in the 5th century. The Roman Catholic writer Mario Raghetti admits, he says the following, "...to facilitate the acceptance of the faith by the pagan masses, the Church of Rome found it convenient to institute the 25th of December as the feast of the birth of Christ, and that was to divert them from the pagan feast celebrated on the same day in honor of the invincible son, Mithras, the conqueror of darkness." And that's found in the manual liturgical history. If you didn't digest that, let me just simply say it like this. The pagans in Rome already celebrated the sun god on December the 25th. To the Roman Catholic Church, it seemed like a good idea to offer an alternative celebration on the same day of the year and call it Christ's birthday. So if not December 25th, when exactly was Christ born? Well, that's a good question. First of all, it doesn't seem likely that a Roman census or tax would have been executed in the dead of winter since most people traveled by foot. It would be more likely that a spring or fall time frame would have been selected. Furthermore, the shepherds were watching their flocks in the field at night rather than having brought them home to the shelter for winter. We find that in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. However, a spring census throughout the Roman Empire would certainly interfere with the harvest season and be harmful to the Roman economy. So, a fall census or taxation is the most likely scenario. Then there's the prophetic aspect of the birth of Jesus. Jesus was crucified on the day of the celebration of the Passover. Since the exodus from Egypt, the Passover was celebrated on the 14th day of the first month, which falls each year in latter March or April on the Gregorian calendar. The first new moon after spring was regarded as the first month of the new year. The new agricultural year is marked by the Feast of Trumpets, which falls on the first day of the seventh month on the Jewish calendar. That day is designated as the first new moon that falls six and a half months after the celebration of the Passover, placing it around September-October. Therefore, many feel that, for prophetic purposes, the birth of Jesus would have occurred at the beginning of the Jewish agricultural year. That fact, added to the weather and economic factors already mentioned, well, that makes a September-October birth of Jesus the most likely scenario. After everything has been said on the subject, let's all just take full advantage of the fact that there is an intense focus on Jesus Christ on that one day of the year, December 25th, And that's around the world each year. Don't get hung up on the fact that Jesus probably wasn't really born during that winter season. In Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20 we find the appearance then of the shepherds. Verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. In these verses, we see that an angel makes an appearance to some shepherds about the birth of the Messiah. Joseph and Mary have stayed on in Bethlehem after the birth of the baby. That's where the shepherds find them. Since they plan to dedicate Jesus at the temple... Heading back to Nazareth, that wouldn't have made sense. Bethlehem was only about eight miles from the temple in Jerusalem. In verse 11, we see that the angel makes a very significant declaration about Jesus to the shepherds. He says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He's proclaimed to be the Savior, the Messiah. The Messiah, that's the Greek word Christos. The Old Testament Hebrew word is Mashiach. And it means the anointed one, the word Christ means Messiah. And then thirdly, Lord, which was the special name for the God of the Jews. And he's only a few days old. Beginning in verse 21, we see a trip to the temple, verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb should be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem." Now, every male child was circumcised on the eighth day. So was Jesus, we see in verse 21. It's not stated here that the circumcision actually took place at the temple. Verse 22 does take place at the temple on the occasion of Mary's purification 33 days later. And that's according to the specifications of Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8, which says, And if she is not able to bring a lamb, then she may bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One is a burnt offering and the other is a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for her and she will be clean. It should be noted that people of financial means sacrificed a lamb, but obviously Joseph and Mary were not people of financial means. They likely would have stayed around Jerusalem for these two trips to the temple over the first six weeks after the birth of Jesus. Verse 23 is the essence of Exodus chapter 13, verse 12. It says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. A man named Simeon had been promised by God that he would live to see the Messiah. He blesses Jesus while making reference to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, which says, indeed, he says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. In so doing, he was proclaiming Jesus to be that prophesied Messiah. Mary can't be overly happy with the whole prophecy though when in verse 34 he proclaims concerning Jesus, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Then a prophetess, an old lady named Anna, she'd been fasting and praying. She was at the temple and made a similar prophecy over Jesus. All in all, it was a great temple day. Now in our chronology, we head over to Matthew chapter 2, where we read about Herod the Great. He was one mean king. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. So when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he should be called a Nazarene. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, about five miles southwest of Jerusalem. The Herod of this chapter is Herod the Great. He died in 4 B.C. as stated earlier. That's why the dating typically found in Bibles shows Jesus to have been born in 4 B.C. That's because of an oversight by a monk mathematician in the 6th century A.D. His name was Dionysius Exegus. He was charged with redoing the calendar by the Pope. Up until that time, the calendar counted the years from the founding of Rome. The Pope wanted a new calendar to count the years from the birth of Christ instead. However, in doing so, Dionysius' Exiguus failed to take at least two events into account. The first was the death of Herod. It's obvious from this passage that Herod was alive and kicking at the birth of Jesus. The second oversight was his failure to insert a year zero. His computations went from year 1 B.C. to the next year being 1 A.D., in other words, he skipped a year. Some mathematician, he was. These two obvious oversights by Dionysius Exegus cause us to place the birth of Jesus Christ at somewhere before 4 BC. That's kind of ironic, wouldn't you say? So who were these wise men of verse 1? The Greek word used for wise men is a transliteration of the Hebrew word mag. That was the word for soothsayer or magician. You'll recall that this is the prestigious group of which Daniel became a member back in the Babylonian Empire. He saved their necks when they couldn't help Nebuchadnezzar with the interpretation of his dream. I say that to point out that these Magi were men who were regarded to have supernatural knowledge back home. I can't vouch for their overall wiseness, but they surely could follow a star. Herod was in a panic. He brings in the experts on such matters, the scribes and the chief priest. In verse 6, they point him to Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and they proclaim it's Bethlehem. But wait, there's more. Micah, in that very same verse, proclaims that the child, Jesus, is to become the governor of the land. Herod must have thought, hey, that's my job. Herod takes on a battle against God himself after that knowledge. In the face of overwhelming evidence from the Magi and then the local temple experts that the Messiah had been born, he makes his lame attempt to put a stop to it by murdering all the babies under the age of two. We deduct from this that the wise men probably didn't appear immediately after the birth of Christ. Oh, but go ahead and keep them in your Christmas manger scene if you want to. It's a nice look. Perhaps they did not it, Perhaps it took Herod two years to realize that he'd been double-crossed by them. That's probably not the case, though. However, it does say that when they found the young child, they entered into the house where he was, not manger. God told Joseph to head for Egypt for safety from Herod after that event. And they did. They didn't return to Israel until Herod's death in verse 22. Joseph was still a little leery of moving back to Bethlehem, so close to Jerusalem where Herod's boy was on the throne. So he moved about 75 miles north of Jerusalem to Nazareth, which was Mary and Joseph's hometown. Now some points of prophecy fulfillment are noted by Matthew here. First of all, Matthew quotes Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, and there he declares the prophetic necessity of the trip to Egypt with baby Jesus as a fulfillment of Hosea's prophecy. Secondly, the slaying of the children, we are told by Matthew, was a fulfillment of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 15. Then Luke gives us a glimpse of the childhood of Jesus in Luke, chapter 2, verses 39 to 52. Verse 39, So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men." Well, there's not much written about the childhood of Jesus, but we do have this account. The family headed down to Jerusalem every year for the Passover. It was a considerable journey of 75 miles or so. We see in verse 44 that they traveled in a company of fellow travelers to and fro. This incident takes place when Jesus is just 12 years old. After they leave, Jesus stays behind in the temple to learn from the doctors. That's the Greek word didaskalos, which means master teacher. They didn't realize for a day or so that he was not with the company headed back to Nazareth. Have you ever forgotten your child? Well, my wife and I inadvertently left our child, Julie, at church one time when she was four or so. I thought she was with my wife, Evelyn, and Evelyn thought that she was with me. It's an unsettling experience, and we see in the passage that it was unsettling for Mary and Joseph also. And They spent the next three days searching for Jesus. Mary catches a glimpse of reality, though, when Jesus is found and proclaims his reason for staying back in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. It says there, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Mary, of course, remembered these words. This concludes our podcast for today.